Hello, all my beautiful people. It is time once again for another amazing episode of If You Give a Data Podcast. So, this week I have with me somebody that I have been trying to get on for a minute. Um, ever since I first was introduced to him, I've been talking to him about coming on the show. And a few months ago, he reached out to me and told me, Yeah, okay, I think I'm ready to come on the show. It's something I want to talk about, and that's NCAA football and how it should look in the future. And the guy that I'm talking about is Christopher Allred. He is the owner and promoter of Crown Championship Wrestling. Great guy, a lot of fun to talk to. It went a little longer than I usually do for the show, and the funny thing is, is even after I quit recording, we probably talked for another 45 minutes. And I was very glad to uh, be able to have him on this week. We discuss everything from football to wrestling and how he started his wrestling company, his background in it, as well as a bunch of other really cool subjects. He had some really good stories. So I'm very excited about that. And if you guys are as excited as I am, then let's get this show on the road. If you give a dad a podcast. Hey, Dad. Get back in your car. Go. <laughs> get out of here. You can't be here. I wasn't about to call you Dad, so. <laughs> Seriously? Just for the, you know, the, the work rate, brother. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. She said he looked like an old piece of leather. Oh, that's <laughs> wow. Supernatural, which is by far one of my favorite shows, and I will be talking a lot about Supernatural. I will be quoting Supernatural. Bro! I just remember, because they also, everybody, whenever they came to the ring, goes, (laughs) What? Okay, before I get started, you ever had a design in mind, and you wanted to put it on a shirt, or a hat, or a cup? but you just didn't know who to go to, well, come on over to R&L Designs where they make all of your custom needs come true. They make custom hats. They make custom shirts. They make custom mugs. They even do the tumblers and the glass mugs as well. They do key fobs even. They have great prices and they have a reasonable turnaround time. If you need anything custom, these are the people that you need to hit up today. You can find them on Facebook, and that is at R&L Designs. You can also find them on Instagram at R&L Designs19. They have a Facebook page. They have an Instagram page. They update it regularly with new products. You can also message them if you have something in mind. Hit them up today for all of your custom needs. Give them a like. Give them a follow. All right, everybody. So today I have with me Christopher Allred. He is the promoter and owner of Crown Championship Wrestling. It's a guy that I've actually gotten to know pretty well. I think I've uh, started talking to him quite a bit. I've been to two of his uh, shows, and I am very excited to talk with him today. Um, Chris, how are you doing? Hey, Jared. Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's finally time. I was a little mad at you for a little bit. I won't lie. (laughs) 
you like never give me a shout out like 80 percent of your content is from our shows eric crown i'm like dude you can throw a dog a bone once in a while come on <laughs> let, let me eat <laughs> yeah i i wanted to say something i maybe i think i brought you up maybe once or twice in the show and everything but i was really waiting because i wanted to get you on the show i know whenever shoot whenever i went to the first show i think i actually saw you it was like a week or so later you were at the uh comic-con there in rogers and uh i think i started bugging you right away about trying to get you to come on the show and uh you know i'm very excited that you're here now. Sorry, I didn't. <laughs> I am kind of a hard guy to, to pin down. I got a lot, you know, I got a corporate job that takes 10, 12 hours of my life every day. Yes. And I write some promotion that probably needs 10 to 12 hours of my life every day. And yep. I've got, I've got, you know, another little thing I'm cooking up, doing some training, doing a little bit of studying to try to become a licensed insurance agent. And oh. That is kicking my ass. But that's, <laughs> My exit strategy for my corporate job that will open up the world to have more time and hopefully more money and just more flexibility to push wrestling even harder. I love it. Yeah. I mean, you always got to try to have that next plan or that next step planned out, you know. Absolutely. No backward steps. No. No, no backwards. backwards. Keep grinding, keep moving, keep pushing. And when opportunities come, you really got to be in a position to be able to take advantage of them. Yeah. Just jump on them. Yeah. When you were talking about you being a busy man and stuff, um, I can vouch for that. Um, seeing the things that you go above and beyond to do your promoting and stuff. I think the coolest thing that I've seen so far is the billboard that was there in uh, off Rainbow Curve in Bentonville. I was like, hey, I, I, I know those guys. So it was really cool to see that. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we call in the professional world the marketing mix. You know, little, how are you going to spend those advertising dollars? Right. Where Where do you get the best bang for your buck? Where do you get what actually delivers results? Mm-hmm. And so I try a little bit of everything. I really like the the um, yard signs. You know, put out a hundred. I spend way too much money. Those people take them. They get picked up by road crew. You know, but I like them. I want to do something a little bit different going forward. Okay. You know, still be stupid money, but. You know, if someone's going to take your stuff, I, t- I say make them work for it. So I want to make it harder. You know, you can't jump out of your car and go grab a sign and, you know, it's a little stake in the road. There so you go. we're, we're going we're gonna to make you, you know, if you want to steal our signs and steal our banners, yeah, we're going to make you earn it. <laughs> I noticed you've been kind of stepping up on the, the merch and stuff, too. I've seen the, the patches and all that stuff True. in that the shirts and the hats and all kinds of stuff that I've been seeing. So I'm very excited to be able to get a hold of some of that. I've got some real cool shirts coming and I've, I've spent a crazy amount of money to get our merchandise and all that is really part of the plan. I'm, okay. I'm a very big stickler, very disciplined to the plan. Um, now, now with merchandise, it's an impulse buy. People want a souvenir from the show. Right. But I don't want to crazy about dropping $2,500 in inventory. Yeah. Not knowing what color people want, not knowing what sizes, what yeah. designs they like. And so I thought I'd do some, you know, buy ahead and made to order type stuff. And that never really, it didn't really work. You know, so I didn't really have people there pushing the merch and selling it. Mm-hmm. And that's important too. You got to have engaging people, you know, a good smiling face that will, you know, convince people it needs to spend a few bucks. 
Right. But that was part of it too. I wanted to make sure we had a fan base. Mm-hmm. Want a fan base that would become a repeat fan base. And that's part of just the customer service. Yeah. And then also I wanted to make sure that the demand wasn't just, you know, people say, oh, if you had this, I'd buy it. No, 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 no. I want to hear from you two or three times. Tell me over and over that, hey, can I get a shirt? No, can I get whatever? And right. so it's, it's time. And part of that too was what we run shows. We take the profit. And that's one thing that I'm proud to say. I've never lost money on a wrestling show. That's never cool. once. Don't that's plan good. on doing that ever. <laughs> and because, you know, people call it the business, but they don't treat it as such. It's right. in a hobby for me. A lot of people have hit me up in a lot of different ways, and some have been kind of harsh on. But I'm like, straight up, dude, this ain't a hobby. Yeah. If you're not serious about wrestling, I'm not serious about you. Go on about your way. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, it's a way of life. Yeah. And well, for some people in this, that's how they make their living. And yeah. For me, luckily, you know, I've been pretty smart with my money, except for wrestling. I dropped $80,000 <laughs> to start a start a wrestling company oh man which is ridiculous yeah <laughs> well you gotta buy new and it's gotta be perfect and it's gotta be just the best that you can possibly get um, yeah. i had a friend years and years ago that confided in me that he lost 40 grand doing wrestling in fort worth and he was top top level mm-hmm. I was like, how in the world can you lose 40 g's in wrestling it's like how do you even how do you even buy that much stuff to spend 40 now i know now i know <laughs> uh, truck ring trailer computers yeah i bought imax i bought a brand new laptop to be able to run the photoshop and all the adobe software to do video editing and then i got a bigger imac to really get like good stuff and cameras you know people wanted way too much money to come film for one day so that's just kind of Jared, I'll give everybody the trick to doing business with me on anything in life. I'll give you an opportunity. You need to take it and mm-hmm. blow it off because you don't get it a second chance. But also, if if, if you just come at me in the wrong way, mm-hmm. always, no, F you. I'll do it myself. I'll find another way. Yeah. And so if, if, you, try to, if you try to finesse me, nah, mm-hmm. that don't work either. You, you, don't, you don't hustle a hustler. You don't work a worker. <laughs> we're we're going to find ways to work around you and you're left out in the cold and you lost your opportunity. Right. So those that wanted stupid money to come film for a couple hours, no, nah, I went out and spent three grand to buy my own cameras. There I'll find go. people around them. Now that hasn't worked out the way I thought it would because the camera operators I went down were awful. They yeah. were terrible. They gave me absolutely useless footage. So yeah. eventually maybe somewhere down the road we'll release some of that, but don't expect it. And um, I just went off on a tangent there. How much money was not at all in Kansas City yet. Just a couple of days ago, you know the trussing, the lights, the you know we're gonna have full production. That's the that's the plan for 2023. Mm-hmm. We're gonna see a very methodical, very laid out course of action that I've had on paper for 20 something years. You know all the ideas I had in the late 90s. We're going back to them. My mm-hmm. mind hasn't changed. My ideas of how to do business and how to promote wrestling and how to present it to the public. In a big way, that's never changed. We just kind of tweaked it a little bit, and so we're gonna we're gonna be a one-stop turnkey, just that traveling gypsy carny wrestling roadshow. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. 
and uh, you were talking about the video and stuff. I actually did get a pretty cool video, and um, I actually got to share it with XCal today. The show that you did in Bentonville, there was a move that they did. XCal was up on the top rope, and he did a moonsault off to um, Justin Lee. And Justin mm-hmm. Lee got his foot right up in the air, you know, and I got, I was in the second row that night. And I was just at the perfect angle, and I was able to get that. And I sent it to him today, and he was like, where did you find that? And I was like, I took it. So. <laughs> my phone, son. That's right. Can you believe 20-something years of them starting, you know, in, in Justin's backyard, they never had a one-on-one match? That's what he told me. I was like, really? That's I, That blew me away. You know, I know that they had started out, uh, you know, in the backyard wrestling together. And he said that was the first time, so I – you couldn't tell by the way that they worked together. Uh, it, was, it was so smooth. It's so nice. I mean, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll put them together again soon. I mean, Justin's got that. He's got that belt. He's going to have to defend it. Yeah. Um, you know, Nayati is. He's he's wanting it. He's he's wanting the chance, and I think we'll give it to him here soon. We we'll just have to work it out. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I've had Justin on here, and he's a pretty awesome guy. He's he, he gets you excited whenever he's talking. So um, I'm, I'm looking to probably have him on again and everything. And then I'm, uh, I've been talking with XCal about having him on. I think I've got him scheduled in November to come on the show. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. Great. yeah I actually like him a lot more than I thought I would. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure about telling him that. <laughs> I, you know, Tulsa and Oklahoma wrestling is so dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. The guy that I really got the bulk of my training from – lives in Tulsa still does he just never worked there the so much personality conflicts and he, he, people just kind of broke off into their own camp like I'm of this guy I'm of that guy I'm of this guy and just, just did every mix and right. Justin was on the other side of the fence and of course being here in Arkansas uh, Oklahoma there's too many guys everyone works for free you go to a car and there'd be 30 guys just hoping to get a match I'm like eh, this is not really the scene I like. We've yeah, got other, other places to go. Let's go travel. Let's go have fun. Let's have some adventure and make some memories. Because also in Tulsa, places they, they like to run every week in the same spot. Yeah, I think that's I don't think that's bad business, unless you're in a huge metro like Los Angeles where there's 20 million people and you know you're going to get your 200 every week no matter what. Mm-hmm. So this, you know, I like to take it back old school. That's what we're doing with Crown. I fully believe we need to retrain wrestling crowds. Yeah. And what I believe wholeheartedly, no one will ever tell me any different because, well, my opinion is correct on this. What made wrestling so hot in the late 70s and the 80s was what you saw in the ring mirrored mm-hmm. what was happening in real life. Yeah. They just took whatever was in pop culture, brought it to the ring, made the characters out of it, did the storylines, whatever was going on in politics in the world, that became part of the show and it was you know amped it up a little bit made it made it a little more wrestling like and all the story that way because it makes well you can people can relate to that that's right. the most important part about your wrestling show it's got to be relatable it's got to mm-hmm. be easy storylines easy things for people to you know for them to comprehend and and from there you just you know try to surprise them yeah that's all a very important thing is you know, fans think they're going to get one thing. Always swerve them. A swerve, a swerve, with a swerve on top. And <laughs> that's how you get them and hook them. Is that even if you give them what they expected, 
but you do it in an unexpected way, mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're that's part of the mix and the, the special sauce that we have here at Crown and why we have the crowds that we have and the energy is what it is right. and why we haven't had a flat match. Mm -hmm. I'm serious, we haven't had a flat match yet. That's that's pretty impressive for any place you go. I don't put throwaway matches in there. Right. Try not to look in trainees that are just, you know, oh, because they're, they're cheap and they'll work for nothing or they're, you know, no, 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 no. That's why we have our pay it forward shows. Right. That's coming up October 8th, West Fork, Arkansas. That's okay. another part of the plan that has always been there is for Crown and for what I did way back, way back in 2002. Mm -hmm. And I would go travel around. I would cherry pick the best of the best guys that I thought could work the best together. And then I'd bring them from like five or six different places. And then you have, you do that, you have a top to bottom card that is top notch that just can't be beat. There's not a throwaway match at all at any crown show because of that. Yeah. Uh, and like you said with the crowd, I have not seen a dead crowd when I've came to one of those shows either. They have been very hot, very loud, very involved in the show. And I believe that it has to do with the amount of amazing talent and that you've had on the show. And like you said, there haven't yeah. been any flat matches. And uh, the so crowd every, definitely every tells you that. Puzzle. Yeah, it's, it's, it's every little piece of the puzzle working, working the right way. It's, it's how I promote it. It's how right. I push it. It's how you know, I go on the streets and I talk to people. I shake hands and I invite them and not tell them what's going to go wrong. Mm -hmm. I do it in a way that you know gets them intrigued. Yeah. But if the guys in the ring don't perform, if they don't execute mm -hmm. the vision, because I give them a lot of freedom. You know, that's just one of the things about I mean, I don't care how you do your match as long as you, you know, don't screw it up, as long as you mm -hmm. don't botch things, and you tell the story. That's that's one thing that if anyone ever gets anything from me, I want it to be this. You know the whatever time I've done in wrestling, how many awful matches I've been a part of, and how many promotions that started and failed and immediately were done. That's mm -hmm. probably, you know, what I've learned the most from is what not to do. But, <laughs> but this is the, and I have a bunch of roles of wrestling, and, you know, this life and philosophies, but it's the one most important thing about wrestling that I hope everyone can take. Everyone. Tell the story in steps, not leaps. Yeah. So what made Breaking Bad so good for mm -hmm. me was it was such a slow burn. We yeah. had the time to look it in, to think about it, to you know, to really absorb the story. And my my analogy on that is let's just pretend we're sitting on the front porch just watching cars drive by, okay? Mm -hmm. Here we are, you know, having a drink, you know, a beer, a lemonade, yeah. tea, whatever you like. Right. And the car goes by at 15 miles an hour. It's just creeping along. I guarantee you, you can tell me what color it was. You can tell me the make, the model, the year, if it had tinted windows, if the back bumper had a dent in it. Right. How many doors? Did I, you know, what song was playing on the radio when it went by? Yeah. Okay. So the next car that goes by, if it's just screaming by at 75 miles an hour, well, you may not have even seen it. You <laughs> for sure can't tell me if it was a truck, an SUV. Good luck tell me what year it was made. Right. You might be the color, maybe. Yeah. Could you tell me if it was two tone? Could no. you tell me what color rooms are on it? No, you can tell me nothing about it. Right. So that's a problem we have in the Indies. You know, we try to do way too much, way too fast. And 
I say, you know, we, we talk about slowing it down in the ring, but you can also slow it down in the book. Yeah. And how, how you're booking shows and how you're telling those stories. And for, for me, the best matches and the things I ever had were when I got a chance to actually do a program with a guy and do a story over six, eight months, mm-hmm. and multiple matches, multiple shows. And that's when it's fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Tell the story in sets, not leaves. Yeah, that I, that makes total sense. Uh, whenever you're saying that, I close my eyes and listen to that analogy, and you're, you're totally right, you know. Um, and I hear that all the time, you know, it's about slowing down, taking your time, you know, because the crowd has to have time to digest what's going on. Absolutely. And, you know, at this level, we don't have TV every week. We don't have distribution. Yeah. So you can't just assume that the crowd's going to know what's going on. Right. Uh, so we Tahlequah Friday, and I kind of told some kids this, was like, you know, Whatever your character is, they don't know you. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't assume that they know what you did in Tulsa three weeks ago. And you know what, you know, if you went to Dallas and did a match with a guy, no right. one here saw it. No yeah. one cares. You got to start from scratch every show. Mm-hmm. And the more times you're in a place, the more time the crowd sees you, you can kind of fast forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can't skip steps. Right. You go back to show from square one. And, you know, you might be able to get to point five a little quicker, a little faster and advance whatever you're doing with your character and whatever the story is. But if you want to get everybody involved and on their feet, get them absorbed and invested Mm -hmm. in every every show, you got to go back to square one, start from scratch and retell the story, add the layers on top, just keep building that birthday cake. Right. Eventually you get to the point where you can blow out some candles. (laughs) I've actually, uh, there is one that I found online uh joe helms actually is the one who uh, well there's a few other guys but he was the one who was really kind of promoting it and it's the sicw show and it's on facebook and youtube and uh right i I don't know if you've got to watch any of their product or not but they've kind of made it (laughs) yeah it's you know it's a pretty basic and everything but you know they're they're able to present a story every week but they're taking it slow as uh, just like you said you know they're not just rushing into things and it's it's nice to see that it's a uh, it's different than what you see on tv and that's not letting you say that that the stuff on tv isn't any good because i'm actually enjoying what's been going on with a lot of the just new because i think it's trash oh really <laughs> i haven't watched i haven't watched the big promotions in 20 plus years yeah i i like a every, lot of every time i try to watch smackdown they got some chicks on there that are trying to cut a promo and it's just unbearably awful <laughs> So click on to the next. So yeah, yeah I'm, do something else in my life. They had some pretty good stuff, uh, especially. Um, everybody's been saying this, but I'm, I fall right into this crowd. I like to see what Triple H is doing because whenever he was in charge of NXT, I loved that. I thought it was a lot of fun to watch. In fact, there was a point where that's all I was watching. I was not watching Raw. I was not watching SmackDown. I was just watching NXT, and it's because he still. It almost seemed like he still had enough in the business, like in the wrestler's mindset, to make it where it worked on both sides. And you know, I'd heard that. I have no friends. Luckily, I'm on Facebook, so I don't have to watch everything because everybody right. comments on it, and I can kind of piece, I can piece things together by just reading people's comments. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, hopefully, and people have been wanting to change with the big boys. You know, you got to get back to the basics and kind of get back to what wrestling is. Right. And, you know, everything's on a cycle. Yeah. That's one thing about this one. Everything's on a cycle. It's going to come and go, and it's going to end up full circle. 
So I would imagine in five years from now, hardcore will be back. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, they with what just happened last night and everything, I don't know if you read any of that, but I mean, oh. they were they were bleeping out, you know, F-bombs and stuff on there. You know, they said they weren't going to go away from PG, but, you know, they'll make it to where they can bleep that stuff out now. So, hey, you know. I'm glad you brought that up because that's the big thing of White Crown is what it is. Yeah. You know, when I was kicking around, coming back and doing some shows, I just didn't think I had, like, that top baby face. Mm-hmm. Take and here in Northwest Arkansas, we don't have a good, strong wrestling base. It was never a territory town. Mm-hmm. Never grew. We don't have any old wrestlers that live here. Mm-hmm. And so there's just not that connection. So it's like, you know, if I don't have that top baby face, then the promotion itself has to become the baby face. Right. So, so that's why we don't do no gratuitous blood. We don't do cursing. We don't do alcohol references. We mm-hmm. don't do drug references. No sexual window. I want to keep it clean for the kiddos. That's, right. when, that's when we became wrestling fans ourselves when we were kids. Right. And, and hey, Jared, that swerve I was going to tell you about, here it is. Okay. No one's asked you about your take on being a dad. It's called the Give a Dad podcast. What's, yeah. You know, being a parent. It's so hard to find things you can take your kids to that are clean and appropriate. Right. And don't have a lot of dirt and nastiness. Mm-hmm. So, for you, Jared, what, what, what are you seeing in the world being a dad? You know, trying to navigate all the, all the you know minefields out there. Well, uh, it's like you said, it's definitely a minefield, and uh, you do have to be very careful with uh, what you expose your kids to and everything and i will say that um crown championship was the show that it was my son's first show it was my daughter's first show and it was my first show it was a crown championship wrestling show and so it was nice to find something that was clean for the family because there's not a lot that you can find nowadays that is acceptable for your kids you know because uh, i was raised a little bit more old school than most people my age. So um, my morals and standards are probably a little bit different than most my age. Um, so, yeah, it is difficult, and it's a scary place, you know, the world itself when it comes to being a parent. And it's nice to be able to find things like the Crown Show or, you know, if we go to any of the other ones, you know, I know that it's going to be safe for me to take my kids there. Awesome. You don't know how important that is. It, just, it blows me away every time. Uh, yeah. Someone said the first live pro wrestling show they went to was ours. Yeah. Was, that's such an honor. It, it really is for all of us in the back to put together to, to, to just know that you have that trust in us. Yes. That's the, we don't take that lightly. That's an important thing. We'll, we'll, we'll never lose that aspect of, of what we do and why we're doing it. Yeah. It's, it, it does. It just blows me away that people would choose us. Sight, sight unseen, take the risk on us. Yeah. And especially if anyone knew how I got into wrestling, how I started, the characters I was doing, and just how off the wall and in your face and shocking I was trying to be just, just to cause problems, I guess, just to have habit. <laughs> well, that is something I did want to ask you is how did you actually get into the wrestling business? 100% by accident. Really? Yep. Never anything I wanted to do was never a dream of mine. You know, I, being a kid out in the Ozarks, you know, we got three channels. Mm-hmm. We get 
Saturday morning wrestling. I think I remember like a Saturday night wrestling. That was that was my thing, me and my grandpa. Yeah. And we'd watch wrestling. Saturday night was hamburger night, so grandma would cook us some hamburgers. Sometimes we might get lucky and get a, get a milkshake. And it was always like nutmeg and banana. It sounds kind of <laughs> gross, but kind of was. That's just what they liked and what they had. Yeah. You know? And so eventually, fast forward a little bit, we, I saw a newspaper article about a place called Northwest Arkansas Pro Wrestling doing the show at the Benton County Fairgrounds. Mm. Like their first show that is, 1998. Mm-hmm. Peak, the peak yeah. of wrestling. Yeah. So me and my buddy that was into it, nothing going on. I was like, let's go check it out. So we went and bought a ticket, and it was the worst wrestling we've ever seen in our lives. Oh, no. Completely awful. Guys didn't have gear. They couldn't run ropes. Uh, they gassed out within a minute. Barely could do any moves, watching everything. And I just kept nudging Kevin. I was like, bro, we could do this. Like, these guys ain't nothing. Well, what, what is this crap? <laughs> I'd been to, at that point in my life, one. Yeah. One live show ever in my life. Mm-hmm. Jim Ross promoted us. Mid-South show at Westville, Oklahoma, his hometown, just six miles down the road from where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And maybe a little more, maybe eight, eight or 12 or whatever. And so we went out the door and the promoter happened to catch us going out. And he's like, hey, kids, what do you think about that show? I said, sir, that was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he's like, what? I was like, yeah, well, Jared, if, if I'm anything, I'm honest. I'm too dumb to lie. I just don't have time for it in my life. I don't want to, that's, I'm just transparent. If there's right. anything you will ever say about me, I'm transparent, maybe to a fault. But if it's bad, it's bad. If it's good, it's good. If it's great, it's great. And something else, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll have a conversation. We'll, we'll work it out. But I'm just, that's just my morals and my ethics as well. Yep. So then we went to a tryout like a Saturday or two later. 68 people showed up and paid. $50 or whatever. They passed six people. My buddy Kevin and I were one. Your name Nathan was one. Your name Carrie. And then the wild child. Check the tattoos. She's like the female undertaker. And then another guy, uh, Ricky. Kind of been kicking around. I think he still referees a little bit over in Oklahoma. Okay. Um, so we're all the ones they passed through. Other ones that didn't pass, they end up making like another BS fed. They're the throwaways. Mm-hmm. We were from none of them were great. There's maybe two guys that had any kind of talent there, but, but so then we started training, and this dude, he tried to tell us that he was Wolfie D, <laughs> and we're like, no, 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 you're not. <laughs> They're gonna train you just to be like a manager because I was part of a student group at U of A called the Best Years, and we were crazy, crazy wild students that I could talk trash. And my buddy, he was a bigger, he was a bigger dude. He was a wrestler. He was about six foot, two forty, maybe you know five five, and you know at that time maybe one hundred and thirty pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, about one fifty five now, packing on that dad bod a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we started training, and he had all these people believing that he was this or he was that, that he was like on the king of the deathmatch tournament in Japan, and that's what Kevin and I we got a bootleg version of that. We're like, oh, yeah, that's great, that's awesome. That's what we got to do with our lives. Mm-hmm. Why are we doing anything else? We need to do this. And we're like, no, you aren't. It's like, we know it was such and such or whatever, because we're, we're kind of smart marks at the time. And, you know, just just eating up anything you could get online fine. Right. So we, so we actually worked him out of 
paying 1500 bucks to train we're like bro we know you're not this <laughs> train us for free we're, we'll keep your secret yeah he's like okay they're like you got all these other people fooled but you're not fooling us like, straight up no you're not and this dude he was so awful like like there's a great story out there about him having this voice changing software uh-huh. and he would call dudes and book them on shows and convince them that they're getting signed and oh they would pack up everything and move to florida thinking that they're on their way to wrestling and they show up and knock on the door and no one had ever heard of them or talked to them. Oh, no. So, you know, we got worked. I think he may have been, we got worked on one show down to uh-huh. Warren, Arkansas. And so I, that's, here's another thing I do too. And I would encourage anyone in wrestling to do this. Anywhere you think you might want to go wrestle and work, go check them out first. Yeah. Go buy a ticket, put in the stands. Yeah. Go see if the vibe's right. Let's go see if it's something you want to be a part of, something that you want to attach your name to and attach your brand to. Yeah. Uh, most people that have hit me up to come wrestle with us don't take me up on that offer. I mm-hmm. don't know why, but they should. If we yeah. got to Warren, Arkansas in the middle of December, the venue was some 1932 built gym that had been shut down for 20 years, and some nonprofit was working out a part of it. And Big Shroyle was over there, sex, sex talking her boyfriend about what they're going to do that night while we're sitting there just waiting for the guy to come open the gym up. Oh no! <laughs> and we talked to some people that were also on that show. We roll up and really deep charisma and the Cadillac Brothers. So these Memphis dudes, they show up at the same time. They're like, "God, oh, dude, we got work. Like, there's no way this show is going on." Yeah. So I was like, "Okay, well, we'll wait. I'll call this guy." And he kept, "No, I'll we'll be there in a few minutes. You know, I'm just coming down the road." And mm-hmm. get something to eat. Didn't notice any posters. Another thing too, you roll into a town and you see no posters up. Mm-hmm. Be a bad show. And yeah. Promoting and doing the street work, it's going to be a bad show. Mm-hmm. If you show up and the guys, you know, are going over their match and they're calling the moves, not by their actual names, but by the wrestler that did it, they're like, all right, I'm going to go to the top rope. Give me the Ric Flair. Oh my God, that's going to be a bad match. It's going <laughs> to be a bad match. And then there's another rule that people don't like, but it is what it is. Yeah. I feel in wrestling, if you're. If you show up to a show and the wrestlers' wives and girlfriends are not attractive ladies, uh-huh. just enormously disgusting beast of women, uh-huh. you should probably just get back in your car and go home and call the loss. So those aren't real wrestlers. Those aren't pro wrestlers by any means. They're hobbyists. They're part timers. Yeah. Those guys that self train themselves. You're probably going to get hurt that night. Right. And, and you're not going to sell any merch. You're not going to probably not even get the pay that you agreed that was agreed to. Yeah. So that's why I feel if you're going to be successful in pro wrestling, you have some level of charisma. You have some level of something in your life that you can sweet talk a girl into being your gal. <laughs> you can't do that. How are you going to get 100 people to cheer for you? Right. You yeah. can't do that. Well, one, we're probably not even getting 100 people in the room. And that's some of my rules. If you can't sell 100 tickets, get out of business. It's right. not for you. Yeah. You leave it to some professionals like us to know how to talk people to the door. Yeah. Because a bad show, a term out there that Cornet uses, what's he called, an outlaw mud show? <laughs> a bad show will yeah. kill a town for years. Oh, yeah. It, it absolutely, you, it will, they will think back to the guys that showed up and wrestled in gym shorts and dirty sneakers mm-hmm. for the low boy ring that was maybe not even a ring itself. Mm-hmm. No PA, no lights, no smoke, no sound, no gear, no production. 
an awful, awful in-match wrestling for $5. Yeah. But that will kill a town for at least 10 years. I think Joplin might be ready for wrestling again. That's good. 15 to 20-ish, they might just be ready. I don't know yet. Do you think that's what happened in the Northwest Arkansas area? Because, like you said, you went to that show and it was just awful. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, one, well, the third reincarnation of NWAPW. Mm-hmm. So I went to a guy named Lance, and he had like a roofing company. Mm-hmm. And he was an okay guy. He put some money into it, but he wasn't, you know, a business guy. And that didn't go well for him. Um, here's another part of my rules of wrestling. Okay, it was called Southeast Championship Wrestling. A dude named Paul Eubanks took over. He was a manager at Regina's Strip Clubs. Oh, that's okay. Another, another thing you find in wrestling, wrestlers and strippers go together just like rock stars and porn stars go together. Yep. It's the same, thing. It's the same <laughs> life, the same work. And so I happened to kind of met Paul through that because I was a wild boy. I was, you know, dating strippers and just being crazy. And we knew we had this wrestling persona. And so we went out and just would work the bars and we would, we would just be, we would be our characters. Mm-hmm. Be my buddy Kevin, you know, Lord bless his heart, he's passed since, but that boy could work wrestling in any conversation and turn around, hey, come watch our show. Hey, we're <laughs> gonna be here, we're gonna do this, or we're training, you know, we're gonna be putting on shows. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's a lost art promoting that <laughs> people just don't have names anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Then, okay, so getting back to my, my first story of love. So then it became SECW. They drew 600 people to the fairgrounds. They had mm-hmm. Dan Severn, who at the time was the NWA world champion. Oh. And Bam Terry Gordy, who was fantastic. He was, he was probably, Severn and Gordy were probably the two old guys that were the best to us nobodies. Us mm-hmm. you know, they chat with us, they talked to us. And around here, too, we had a, here's some old guys that came through that were just awful people. Yeah. You know, never meet your heroes, because you're going to be disappointed. Right. And then guys were just kind of hanging around, trying to get their last little bit. That we're jealous of these new kids coming through. Because we steal the show. I mean, we didn't know nothing about nothing, green as can be. And we'd just go entertain. We'd just go, you know, just talk to the crowd and just, you know, be on a personal level with everybody and just rile them up. Not just faking, completely faking it. Not even making it, but just. Just faking it. Just yeah. getting by how we've been learning on the fly and teaching ourselves. Yeah. These old dudes coming through, they weren't helping us no bit. So, well, screw well, them. Was it more of just trying to bury the talent because they were they were oh, scared? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Jealous. They, they wanted their money, didn't want no one else to beat them out. Right. And just, I don't know. But back back to here's one of my rules to um, I don't book in old guys. Uh-huh. I'm not going to be a gravy train for them. Yeah. You know, you're, you're not going to get a return on the investment the ROI is not there and here's yeah. why hey so Paul and those boys that you know put on that big show that was successful except for this part they had booked Jim the Anvil Nightheart it's his very first post WWF show mm-hmm. that dude they bought him a first class plane ticket he took that plane ticket and cashed it in with the airline never got on the plane oh, took wow. his two grand or whatever and just sat his ass home wow. just completely working Man, so I learned that because I was supposed to be at the airport to pick him up. <laughs> so, like, I know what this guy looks like, and I've been sitting here, and he sure hasn't walked off this plane. Oh no! How long did you stay and wait? Until they told me to come on back. I don't even know. Wow. 
I was having to run to pay phones. No one had cell phones back then. Yeah, that's what so I was. I had a cell phone in 1995, but no, Altel was pretty expensive in that. It's it... definitely not something I could afford at that point to have. You know. I, I remember my uncle having one of those ones that was like in a bag and it was in his truck. Yeah, car phones. Yeah. <laughs> don't use I, it while you're in your car. Exactly. So yeah. <laughs> and he was always like, oh, no, we don't want to use that. It's too expensive to talk to anybody on it. I was like, oh, okay. You gotta wait till, yeah, you got to wait till 9 o'clock to call people. Exactly. Then finally Sprint came at like 7 p.m. free free calls. And yep. Then you had to know what time zone you and your buddy were in. Cause yep. If you mix up the time zone, you're going to pay crazy money. It's like... 100 minutes a month or something that you got in your plan and like, we're yeah. going to use 100 minutes tonight yeah exactly i remember um when i got my first cell phone it was something like that and uh, i think i got 200 long it's back when long distance was still a thing and i had 200 long distance minutes and i could talk to people it was after seven o'clock and so it was nights and weekends is what they gave me mm-hmm. so i was back when cricket was uh just getting started and stuff so I think it would have been nice back in my day because it was like 40, 50, 60 bucks a month. It, I paid $35 a month. So it was not bad at all. But then I, I thought it'd be better. cool and switch over to AT&T and, you know, just, they just rake you uh, the tricked you. Yeah, they tricked you with the phone plan. Ah, you get a much better phone and you can go you know, like a big boy network. So exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have done the opposite for probably since 2010 yeah. I go to the third party carriers oh do you okay, give me that give me that flat rate yeah plan you know you're still going to use the same towers as AT&T and whatever else but I'm going to yeah. go with third party and pay 35 bucks a month 40 bucks a month for what you're charging me 120 yeah I, I went with straight talk for a while and uh, that wasn't a bad deal I paid $45 a month for unlimited and I got like 20 gigs of data a month that was plenty yeah. So. As long as you're a little bit tech savvy, because they have no customer support. No, no they service, don't. No. No help if you need it. But mm. ATT has gone to that plan too. I think that's why they need like last year too. Like 40 bucks a month really. Right on. Works fine for me. I'm happy with it. Yeah. So the reason why we actually brought you on here is um, you reached okay. out to me. Um, it was a few months ago and you said, okay, I'm ready to come on the show. I have something I want to talk about. And uh, it's football, NCAA football. Oh, so, it's right around the corner. It is. Plus, this is going to air Monday, right, Labor Day? This, this will air Monday, yes. Opening weekend of college football. It's, it's just right here. I'm so close. We can taste it. And I'm probably the biggest sports nerd in the world. All right. And actually, got, I got a trophy to prove it. I won a national competition in 2008. Really? Being the biggest sports fan in the world. Yes. Wow. Um, I was, was attending North Arkansas College in Harrison. Mm-hmm. Part of the, it was called PBL, Professional Business Leaders. It's basically the FBLA, but the collegiate version. Okay. So you know they have their little you know business competition and stuff like that. So a new thing is coming on board called temporary sports issues. Our advisor suggested me to do that. She was in the sports because at that point I had created a sport called Inga, International No Name Game. Just a little. Wait, what was it called again? We call it Inga. Inga. So it's a I-N-N-G-A, International No Name Game, because we never could come up with a name for it. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, it was me and my buddy Jim Fallon, Bill and Jim Fallon, were setting up a mid-stage wrestling show there at the Fairgrounds Arena, and we found this little ball 
Yeah, you know how guys are. You know, you're not looking, boom, and hit your head with it. <laughs> yeah. Hit with this little nerf ball. And at one point, you like picked up something and hit it back. And so I used to pitch. So I, and they had these little concentric grooves in it. And so you could really get some spin on it. And so we're throwing these crazy curves. And then at some point on this open floor, we grab a rack of chairs, you know, throw some carpet on it. And we just start pounding it back and forth, making it up as we went. It's kind of scored like tennis. No, no line, so there wasn't no out of bounds. You just had to hustle. Uh-huh. If I had a brother, Jim would be my brother. We're, we're so close. That's awesome. In, in the way of it, we just push each other. Not yeah. Not much mean or, you know, just black-hearted, but you know, we just want to push each other to be the best that you can. And you always need that motivating guy in your corner to you know, pick you up when you're down or right. say, "Hey, okay, you're doing better. Than me, I can't let that happen. I gotta." I've got to pick it up. <laughs> so I had that. So we went to the, so, you know, PBL, FBLA, they do their state conventions or whatever. Mm-hmm. I won second place in the state that qualified me for national. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of soccer questions at the state level, and I don't care about the soccer. So then I went to the nationals. I qualified for two events, like a speaking, like a, like a speech competition, and then this sports thing that, and, they're both at the same time, so I had to go give my speech, run down there, do do my little quiz, test, whatever. And then a couple of days later, the award ceremony. So <laughs> apparently I was a finalist. They called me up on stage and they just keep naming off all these kids that got 10th, 9th, 8th from big schools, UCLA, you know, yeah. Penn State, Florida State, you know, actual sports marketing you know, plans and degrees and from Baylor. And I have to be the last one left on stage from little old Northwest, you know, North Arkansas College. Oh, wow. You're not sports. So then we fast forward a little bit to where um, conference realignment started happening in like 2008. Mm-hmm. You know, 12 condos, or yeah, big 12 condos all over. And so I started thinking, like, man, this version of college football is, it is circling the drain. Mm-hmm. There's a problem where people aren't going to, stadiums like they were the tv contracts are screwing the entire thing up where it's all about and we're seeing that now with the realignment with ucla and usc moving to the big 10. Right. why in the world would any school on the pacific ocean be in the same conference with a school in pennsylvania and rectors in michigan yeah no sense. yeah no sense. Sense. money play from tv markets trying to con- just be a conglomerate and be a monopoly and getting the biggest fan bases together to get the biggest TV deals that they can. Right. It's, it's not good for the sport. It's not good for universities. It's not good for local communities. Mm-hmm. Not at all. So back then, I came up with a plan, a post-NCAA football landscape. And that's what kind of what my passion is right now. Let's talk about this because okay. it's relevant. I mean, and one thing I love about college sports is that once you have a team, you always have a team. Mm-hmm. That's your team. Yep. Unless you have a kid that got a scholarship to play for a different school. Yep. Your, your fanship doesn't waver. It right. sure doesn't. You don't right. just all of a sudden become a Fresno State fan for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, so, I mean, I don't know if you got the map I sent to you. Where I broke I've got it down. It. Yeah, I've got so it pulled up right now. Schools, the NCAA, this NIL, you know, name, image, likeness deal, mm-hmm. is going to just ruin college sports right you know, we got a backup quarterback getting a million dollars to do nothing before they even play it down mm-hmm. 
on the same campus as kids that are pumping it, working two, three meaningless hourly jobs, maybe having to take student loans, putting themselves 6,200 grand in debt just to get a degree to, to maybe just then get a $40,000 a year job. Yeah. And that's not, not a smart way to do it. I had to. I regret it, but you know. You, you did what you had to do. And then you got these athletes that were already getting scholarship money, already getting under the table money. Mm -hmm. it's, it's always been part of college football and dirty recruiting. So yep. it's gotten dirtier, but now they have NIL behind it. So it's quasi legal, quasi, you know, whatever. Right. So that's what I think that's going to go to. I don't think there'll be an NCAA anymore. I think all these schools are going to band together and have their own TV deals, have their own, you know, you know what's up? That's a good word to say. What would they say with the back in Indians combined together to combine forces? Uh, Conflagration? No, that's not the right word. See, uh, this is what wrestling's done to me. I can't think. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll forget a word as I'm speaking. I had way too many concussions. I shouldn't have taken all those chair shots. So, <laughs> forget trying to do math anymore. No way. That's what a calculator's for. <laughs> Exactly. Thank God we got in their pocket now. Right? Yeah, all those teachers that told me, you know, you won't have a calculator all the time with you. Well, yeah, I do. <laughs> I'll have a video camera. I'll have a recorder. Right, you got Soon it all. Me, goes around that shows, like, all that stuff, like, on a table of all the equipment that is now in a cell phone. Yeah. Um, I saw another one that was kind of like that, and it was the it was an ad from uh, Radio Shack in the 90s. And it says your phone can do every single one of these things that all of these electronics can do. Well, that's the one that's ridiculous. Yeah, it so, is. So, Jared, where, where's your fanship when it comes to football and college sports? I, I'm, I'm an Arkansas Razorbacks fan. I always have been. You know, I'm, I was raised around Memphis area and stuff until I was probably a junior in high school. Uh, so I was raised around a lot of uh, Arkansas State fans and a lot of uh, Memphis uh, University fans and stuff, but I've always been a Razorbacks fan myself. So you're telling me if somebody told you they're Wolfie D, you know the difference? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> right on. All right. So our, our Razorbacks, you know, I call him the Godfather, Godfather Frank in the mm -hmm. Frank Worlds. He, mm -hmm. he was a visionary. He, he saw what was going on with the S or Southwest Conference SWC. Mm -hmm. We had to get out of there. We were the only school that wasn't a Texas school. And everyone right. would tell you how awful Texas referees were. And now we would just get screwed all the time and how terrible being in the conference with Texas was. So he saw what was going. He moved us to the Southwest Conference. And that was really the first major shift in conferences in college football. Mm -hmm. you know, when the SEC expanded to 12 schools, bringing in South Carolina and Arkansas. You know, we, we were the lever. Uh, we were the stir that mixed the drinks, or the straw that stirs the drink. Yeah, I screwed that up. Oh, well. But, um, <laughs> and that's just has snowballed. Yeah. Where the WAC, the Western Athletic Conference is no more, the Big Sky is no more, the right. Combined, the Big 8 is no more, you know, the Big 12 is soon to be no more. Right. You know, and it's going to be a push to just four major conferences, I think. They'll have all the big boys, and the rich keep getting richer, and everybody else is just begging for scraps. Yeah. So I came up with this plan where it's 120 schools, 12, 10 team conferences that 
end up with a 16-team playoff. And, you know, if they're for anything with college sports, it's, we're traditionalists. You know, we mm-hmm. love the ranking systems and the polls. We love the bowls at the end of the year. And this pretty much incorporates all that. You know, we're going we're gonna to move these conferences to be more regionally based. So you have, so you do have the ability to have those local close um, rivalries. Yes. So that's, that's just what sports are all about. You know? yeah, I totally agree. You know, my team versus your team, my town versus, you know, your town five miles down the road. We're going to lock them up. You know, we're going we're gonna to go see who's, who's the best, who's got bragging rights. Well, that's the way it is with uh, high school ball, you know, and it's always a lot of fun. It's exciting. Absolutely. You know, it's just togetherness. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I think moving to the way the college sports are going, we're going to have so much less of that. Mm-hmm. You're Joe Blow in you know, Des Moines, Iowa. Are you gonna are you gonna drive to to L.A. to watch your Hawkeyes against South no. Southern Cal? No, two damn day drive. Yeah, out there, and then a day, maybe two days for the. You're gonna take a week off work, right? Just two days out, spend a day or two maybe out there, maybe see a site for the day, then two days back home. How many games uh, are you actually gonna get to watch? Nah, people be sitting at home on the TV, and that's what they're banking on. People yeah. are not doing, yeah. and, and maybe part of that is too uh, you know, the conspiracy of the leftists and electric cars and getting people away from internal combustion engines where they don't have you know <laughs> uh, what a distance of three hundred miles. Yeah, so I don't know, maybe maybe that's part of it too, but I hope not. Yeah, I hope not either. You know, you're going to start seeing those cars break down, and then there's going to be people just being. Every time I think of it, I always think of uh, these cars turning into wagons and having horses pull them because they don't work anymore. Oh, they won't. I, mean, yeah. I saw something today, like a Chevy Volt, like a 2013 Chevy Volt worth maybe $8,000 now. Mm-hmm. It's time to replace that battery. Those batteries might get you eight to 10 years. Yeah. It was $29,000 to replace the battery in an $8,000 car. Oh, my goodness. that That doesn't even make sense. No, none of it does. No. None of it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could hopefully definitely. Map, huh? Yeah, hopefully my map here for college football makes some sense. Yeah. You know, we've got the Pacific Northwest schools grouped together. Mm-hmm. You know, we got you know, Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State, Idaho, which has Boise State. You know, I kicked out Idaho. And <laughs> then I brought in Montana and Montana State. These are like FCS Division two schools to get 20,000 to 25,000 people for a home game. Oh, okay, so I'm looking at this, and you actually have uh, um, A&M with uh, LSU, it looks like. Okay. Um, A&M and Texas cannot coexist. No, they can't, which um, right now currently aren't they They have to because they're both in SEC, aren't they? Uh, com- Texas is coming back. Texas yeah. is coming back on hand. So, on, so, so let's go to Texas and, like, south that's relevant to us um one thing i did i kicked out schools that couldn't put fifteen thousand people in the stands right much like my world of wrestling if you can't get 100 tickets 100 people in the stands mm-hmm. get the hell out yeah if you can't draw fifteen thousand people to your football game get the hell out yeah you're not our level you gotta go you gotta just drop down you just have to yeah and, and in that map you see kind of rice is sort of in there as well See, that's a fun talking point. It's like, so do we include rice? Do we want to be a little more reason regional 
and have Rice and Houston A&M in that same grouping would, um, well, now they call themselves University of Louisiana, but right. Um, uh, what's this? ULF, yeah. And I've got Southern, I've got Tulane, we've got LSU, and we've got Jackson State, uh-huh. and Southern Miss, and Louisiana Tech, and Grambling all in that one grouping. Yes. Now, what's the better play? Do we keep Rice down there in the South, or do we maybe give Grambling up to you know the Arkansas one, where we got Arkansas and Tulsa and OSU and OU and TCU and BYU and SMU? along with the two Kansas schools, K-State and Kansas. Yeah. I don't uh, know. <laughs> also moved Arkansas State out of the Arkansas Conference. We can't coexist either. Uh, yeah, I did see that. I I actually agree with that a lot because they just, no, um, they're on two different levels for one when it comes to football. And yeah. I just, I don't see them being in the same conference. It just wouldn't work. If they want that ass beating every year, they can come get it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that would give and part of this too, so it's ten teams in the conference, so you get nine game round robins. If we still want a twelve team or twelve game season, that gives you three out of conference uh-huh. games. And you can and no cupcake games. You know, that's, I think that's also another bad thing is you know, say OU plays Western Carolina. I mean the catamounts have no chance. They might get out of there with a sixty-two point beatdown. Yeah. It could be worse. I mean, that's not good for business. That's not good for football. That's yeah, not good for, for those kids that just can't compete at the highest level. They just don't have the size or the talent or the athletic ability. Right. That's. That's. I mean, what are you? Are you what are you trading for? You know, five hundred thousand dollar payout. So, yeah. So the plan of this: have our round robins, have our conferences, have the ability to have these out of conference games that aren't going to kill you in a playoff situation. Because right now, you lose one game, you're pretty much out of the picture. If you're not a top five school at the beginning of the year, which right. is pointless, why yeah. are there preseason rankings that are determining the course of the season before anyone's played a snap? That's so dumb. Mm-hmm. It means nothing. And then voters, like these pollsters, they have their own biases. They have right. to prove themselves to be right. So they're, they're not voting with pure objectivity. They're just mm-hmm. not. So doing this, where there's a playoff at the end of the year, you know, 16 teams, there's 12 conferences, the winner gets an automatic bid that leaves us four wild cards. And then the, the rankings are just for seeding purposes. Yeah. Okay. I, I think this makes a lot more sense than what is, you know, going on right now. Here's my nerd. Here's, that's all my nerd stuff is just... <laughs> stuff I don't, I don't really collect anything you know one thing you also hear me talk about when it comes to wrestling is just like for recruiting mm-hmm. i'm gonna start recruiting last year so there's another big announcement for crown championship wrestling i'm gonna start recruiting wrestlers I'm oh, cool. my way. okay uh, my way is a little different but we're gonna we're gonna start recruiting dudes and we'll do it very methodically um, you gonna start what are I'm you going to other shows and stuff oh no no no, no. I'm, I'm talking about people to get into the business oh okay okay i get i get you now trainees, trainees. i got you all right because so, we're, we're awful about cannibalizing our crowd in wrestling mm-hmm. that's sort of the life cycle of wrestling is you go just like me and everybody else you go see a show you're not impressed so you start training yeah so you're like oh i'm gonna do that it'd be fun and then, <laughs> then that's just the life cycle of it right um i'm not gonna do that i 
I think people need to stay on the other side of the fence. Yeah. So I'm going to go out and methodically search out people that could actually be legitimate pro wrestlers. Mm -hmm. I'll say this a lot as a joke, but it's really not a joke. Like what I need are entertainers, mm -hmm. people that are athletes. Yeah. I need guys with rap sheets. <laughs> I need I need criminals. Yeah. Criminals that just have no other options in life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Last I don't chance. Want, yeah, and what I'm not going to go out and seek are nerds with doll collections that are yeah. festing locker rooms. <laughs> I don't give a shit how many pop Funkos you got. No one does. All right. All that. right. So, yep. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go talk to every college, uh, college, every high school football coach I can mm -hmm. and say, hey, who's that one kid you've had in the last five years that you never could get a hold of? Who's that one kid that was just a little too wild? That was just a beast on the field, but never had the grades, never had the family support, never had the vision to like, you know, go get a degree. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, it might take two years, but I think we'll be able to put together a pretty solid crew of guys that could actually be entertaining. And the other reason too, every, every community has a bully. I want your bully. Whoever your bully is in your hometown, you tell me who that is. I want to talk to him. I need him. That's awesome. But, Cause here's why here's why that, that notorious dude around town that you just know not to mess with because he's a little bit touched in the head mm -hmm. just a little bit off those make good wrestlers <laughs> and yep. those guys come with a built-in fan base because everyone knows like oh that's that's that dude that did such and such or he did this or he did that right you're gonna want to pay your ticket to see him do that to somebody else yep or you want to pay the ticket to see the big bad man jam has been around for 10 years do whatever he did to yep. him yeah exactly no i got my own ways of thinking so yeah well i mean me and you've talked about it before you've uh you, you always got your thinking cap on when it comes to new ideas and stuff like that uh when it comes to the wrestling business and i i love that you know it sounds like you've always got ideas going on i was kind of uh talking to my wife the other day and i was like he he just he has so much that he's already came up with in his head that he just has to put into a show, you know, and uh, it's it's awesome to see and hear you talk about it. Yeah, it's coming. I mean, we just got to be patient. I mean, I could just be mad at the world like I was for, you know, the last five, six months is because, you know, when I came back, mm -hmm. I wrote four seasons of TV. Mm -hmm. Already had, and I went around, I watched for like a year. And just started scouting, knowing who was on the scene, who was good, who could work, who could tell stories, who had good characters and gimmicks that we could that we could do something with. Yeah. And I've got just the wildest, craziest. And, you know, like I said, we got to start telling the stories that are actually relevant to the mm -hmm. real world and what's going on in our lives that people can relate to. So right. when, when we can actually get people's schedules together, Mm -hmm. and get the right people on the same card at the right time to be able to film this stuff and put it together. Mm -hmm. We'll do it because yeah. it's gold. It's absolute gold. I, I honestly think we could be a top five promotion, you know, and just based on the storylines alone. And you know, my dream for twenty something years is to get all of us indies on the same page, get us all working together, together. Yes together yeah. and I'm, I'm that one thing i would used to say in my promos when i was in the ring doing my five minute challenge was i'm you know i'm from memphis tennessee that's just the character mm -hmm. i'm from memphis tennessee where there's two kind of people in this world 
those that walk the walk and those that talk the talk. So what are you? Are you walking or are you talking? Come on up. Who wants to challenge me? And so I need to walk the walk myself. So I go out. I give the olive branch out. I try to work with everybody. You know, I'm going to have heat with some folks. They're not going to like what I do or how I do it and whatever. Yeah. You know, we just move on. And if, if you have something that's a similar vision, come on board. Let's create a territory. You know, I want a territory all the way from Iowa to Texas where we're all traveling around. We're, we're, we're you know, we got like one major champion. And then we have probably a pool of 25 to 30 good workers mm-hmm. that we can make jobs for people. Yeah. We get syndicated television. But there's so much fragmentation and so many chiefs, and not mm-hmm. enough Indians. I don't know if it'll ever work, but I'm going to try. I'm going to walk the walk. You know, I don't like people that just talk the talk. I'm going to walk it, and I'm going to do my best. I'm spending stupid money to do it. You know, I don't have kids. I don't have family. I got nothing. I'm going to leave this world. So I might as well do this and see where it goes. Man, this is your kid. It is a baby. <laughs> it's an expensive baby, it sounds like, though. <laughs> all, all kids are expensive. Oh, yeah, believe me, I know. <laughs> I got two of them that are preteens, and they're already killing you know, maybe, me. Maybe that's why people are so sensitive to whatever their ideas are, are and what they do. Is that, you know, you, you sprout it up from a seed, and you, you put so much time and effort and energy in to make it grow. Yep. And make it be something that not just you're proud of, but your fans are proud to say, hey, I'm I'm a Crown Championship Wrestling fan. Yeah, it means a lot to me. Or I'm a WFC fan, or Mid States, or, or you know, MWA up in Iowa. I went to WWX in Kansas a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I finally put eyes on them. And, you know, there's some good dudes up there. There's some that don't need to be anywhere near a wrestler. But yeah. most Indies have that because there's just not enough good talent with each with each promotion. So. Yeah. That's just, like I said, what I've always done. I went around, cherry-picked the best, put them together, and it's been a winning combination. I don't plan to stop that. I plan to expand it. You know, I think this recession is just going to murder and just kill indie wrestling. Um, and maybe that's, you know, with football, maybe that's what they're planning on, people not being able to have the money to go tailgate, not being able to buy the season tickets. Right. That they'll stay at home and watch TV and get more money for ads. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If that's the case, then you know wrestling's going to be there too because that was the thing that I saw when when I kind of made this choice to kind of start coming back around. Is that you know JJ invited me to a show and hit it in Siloam, mm-hmm. being the Battle Royal. We kind of did a little a little salute to one of my good friends that had passed away, mm-hmm. and and I just saw it was a different locker room, it was a different vibe, a lot of good kids. That I was like, man, I need to, I need to get back. That's part of my responsibility to this is I need to, you know, teach them a little bit what I got. And then then I had money sit in my pocket. I was like, eh, you know, I'm kind of bored. I need to do something with it. What am I going to do, like, pay my debt off? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. So that, that, then COVID hit. Everything shut down. Yeah. You know, all, all traveling acts, you know, bands and plays, anything you go see entertainment-wise just stopped abruptly. Mm-hmm. You know, pro sports are going woke. They're killing their crowds, killing their fan bases. Right. With that BS. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then also, there was more wrestling on TV at that time than there had ever been. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you, you know, five or six different national promotions that were on at some point. And I was like, Ooh, this is the time. Yeah. Like, this is, if indie wrestling is going to claw back any kind of market share right now, mm-hmm. if 
we wait three years, it'll be gone. Mm-hmm. If we wait even now, two years, and I think we're seeing the culmination of that is, you know, at that time, indie wrestling was still running. Arkansas had to shut down like 25% capacity. So the numbers just didn't work. I had, I'd went and scouted some venues that would have been great. They, they still may, but they were really hurting to get people in the doors and they had, were big enough. And I was like, oh, we can make this work and just really never did. But um, still there, still there trying to burn those bridges with business owners. But, yeah. You know, but, you know, so I just, I just think the recession is going to just anything entertainment wise, if you don't have a good value, mm-hmm. people aren't going to pay for it. Because this right. extra money is not, and I've already seen that. I've already seen that where fans are like, ah, I don't think I got the money to come to the show. And I'm like, hey, don't feel bad. Don't feel obligated to come every time. Come when you can. Right. You know, we're, we're going to still give you the same level of, of product. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, don't, don't put yourself in any bind. You know, where you got to choose. Now, do I buy groceries this week or do I go to wrestling? <laughs> By all means, every time go to wrestling. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, Loyalty, live man. Your, yeah, live in your car. <laughs> I got to see if you thought I was going to say something different and be a nice guy. Bringing out the hillside. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming to wrestling. I got all this merch now. I spent three grand getting merch made. Right, you gotta, you gotta you gotta make something off of this now. <laughs> like well, caps and patches and stuff. But. Yeah, I, I the I'm definitely gonna have to get some of that merch. I've I've been eyeballing it every time that you've posted something about it. I've tried to re repost some of it on my Facebook page and everything like that. So you know, I try to. Well, I appreciate it. You know, getting the word out is very helpful. Yeah, you know, we're we're just gonna like say we're all gas, no brakes. When the others falter, we're going to hammer the pedal down. There you go. Got a a very specific, very measured and planned course of action that you'll see from crown. Hopefully it works. I think, I think I got a winning combination. If if these places that we partner with, if they'll listen to me, they'll they'll make crazy money. They'll fill their gym, but they got to do the work. Yeah. You can't skip steps. That's the thing about promoting anything. You cannot skip steps. No. And you know, you're going to learn that with your podcast. It's You grow it organically. Mm-hmm. You, know, you just got to keep staying steady and consistent with what you have done. And, yeah. and hat, tip of the hat to you because most podcasters by 10th, by their 10th show, they're already bored with it. They didn't automatically get a million downloads. So, you know, I'm just a piece of crap. I'm not good at this. Well, no one's good at anything at first. No. It's, you learn by failure and yeah. you get better by failing and, and and just sticking with it and you know going going not just going through the motions but going through it actively learning you know picking up every little thing you possibly can to, to make your product better and i'm looking forward to see how you keep growing it i think you i think you got something there Man, I really appreciate you saying that. Uh, it's it's a lot of hard work, but I love doing this. This is I, I think I found my passion, and it's uh, this. So, well, diversify. Been yes. too heavy on wrestling. Yeah, let's, let's see some other interests from you. I've I got think that, that too. <laughs> yeah, I, I I've definitely heard that, and you know, uh, I've got a lot of wrestlers that I have you know, I'm, I'm, that I'm going to be having on and stuff like that. But in the next few months, you're going to see um, more diversity. I've got people who is a, a marriage counselor for one, a men's marriage counselor. And he's not just like oh, wow. a normal one. He is like 
So a woman deserves a man who can do this for her. And so he kind of tries to help coach these guys to be the man that the wife deserves. You know, that they're not just a lazy guy sitting there. They're actually doing what they're supposed to do as a husband. You know, I thought that would be kind of interesting to have on here. Um, Absolutely. I've Masculinity got a, is not toxic. No, it's not, yeah. unless you're the Johnnies. So, <laughs> right, right. Um, And then uh, you've got, let's see, I've got a bunch of musical guests that I have lined up, especially in November. Uh, November and... I think I've got some in October, uh, maybe a few in December as well. I'm going to take a little bit of a hiatus uh, right around the holidays. but um, Make sure you bank back some episodes so you can keep releasing one. Yes, uh, that's I, one of the guys that uh, I work with. Especially during the holidays when people may be off work and they're hanging around the house. Right, yeah. Uh, I got a guy that I work with that we're talking about doing some. Uh, I've had him on before. We did a WrestleMania episode with him. And it actually, my son's stepdad, um, and we were actually have become pretty good friends. And he's actually, I love that. yeah, be good co-parents. Exactly, and he's actually the one who invited me and to our first Crown Championship show. Well, I'm gonna give him a hug next time I see him. <laughs> I definitely him will. <laughs> oh, next show we haven't even talked about that. Yes, before, before we cut loose, let's do that. That's important. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to give you that opportunity to talk about them. Next up on the crown list would be October 8th, West Fork, Arkansas. Those those are shows I'm, I'm really proud of. I think mm-hmm. they'll be great. That's we, that's going to be called, let's pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Our pay it forward shows are free. Awesome. And why they're free is because, well, they're going to be showcases for trainees and new guys. And we're going to have a couple of new folks that you haven't seen crown yet that I think will surprise people. We'll have two chicks from Oklahoma making their pro debuts. Oh, cool. That'll be fun. Yeah. And, and the main event on that one's going to be Justin Lee versus Alex Royal. Oh, cool. All right. We'll have John, Alex Royal will have John Cross in his corner. We'll have Fuel and Anarchy. Uh, Fuel just turned heel in his hometown. I love it. He knocked it out of the park. There have been right. other promoters that I've been asking for years. Hey, turn hill in your own promotion, in your own hometown. Turn hill. It's a great story. You have to tell the whole cycle of wrestling. He did it. He That's finally cool. did it, and it was so good. And so they're going to be doing like a vets versus rookies angle That's that I've been wanting to bring on forever. So we'll have them taking on a couple guys from Oklahoma. They'll make their debut as well. I think they're Brandon Groom trainees. Brandon will be in the house. Stephen E will be in the house on that show. Mm-hmm. Then we got two weeks later, back to Siloam Springs, October 22nd, Siloam Springs Community Building right downtown. It's been a great home for Crown. And yeah. that, I think Joe said last week, yep, that's the main event, Groom versus Big Joe. Um, why that's happening, you just got to tune in and find out. All right. Uh, tell the story in steps, not leaps. Can't give you the whole bag right now. Rev. <laughs> A darn good card there. We're doing a mullet contest October 22nd. Did so you anybody say anybody can? You said a mullet contest? Yeah, mullet contest. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. So anyone <laughs> that you know that has like that Kentucky waterfall, send them my way. <laughs> you can sign up. It's free to be part of it, but you got to buy a ticket to get the show. All right. And we're going to give away prizes, cash, gift cards. 
Okay. Uh, what we're doing on that, the mullet contest is going to be judged on three things. One is going to be mullet quality, uh -huh. showmanship, there you go. and crowd response. All right. So we're going to give them like a minute of a song to go out and just, you know, we're going to run the lights and smoke and all that. We're going to give them a minute to go <laughs> do, do a dance or do whatever, just get out in the ring and just work it. Just work it. <laughs> and part of showmanship, there's three subcategories. See if I remember them all. Um, costume, mm -hmm. confidence, mm -hmm. choreography, the there three C's of mullet contesting. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see that. It'll be fun. It will It'll be, be fun. I've, we also got a date set December 3rd. That venue may be wavering. They're afraid I'm going to put too many people in the building. So I want to hold off on announcing exactly where because we could change that. And I told her, like, yeah, straight up. It's like, I'm going to get as many in here as I can. Like we're, we're gonna pack it, like, we will. So that's causing some hesitation. That, that sounds like a compliment room. to you, though, and to to Crown. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm working on another one, maybe New Year's Eve. Don't okay. know that. Uh, also have dates set in Fort Smith, mm -hmm. February 11th and July 8th. Fort Smith, the front pavilion. Okay. As as I'm able to book further out in Fort Smith, we will. And. We're, we're just keep moving. Like I said, we'll have some Kansas dates coming up as well. And you'll probably see it sneak into Oklahoma. Awesome. Sounds like you're going to stay busy, man. Might as well. What else am I going to do in my life? Right. <laughs> I'm going to watch TV and collect dolls. I guarantee you that. You, you, you ain't going to start with the Funkos? <laughs> you know what? I actually put a bid on the Funko auction today. Yeah? 25 cents. <laughs> as high as I'll go. But it's He-Man with Battle Cat. Okay. Hey, I, I actually did a He-Man episode not too long ago. <laughs> so I'm uh, on um, the height of, of uh, oh, see what's what I'm looking for. Uh, oh, shit, see, I can't think. I can't think. <laughs> I'm, I'm a hypocrite. That's what the word is. I'm the height of hypocrisy. I uh, trash all these Funko people, and I just, if I can get me a 25-cent one, I kind of want to do it to be like, ha, 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 how much are you getting for this? I'll take your 30 bucks. Well, uh, well, I have to say, I'm actually a Funko guy. I've got a bunch of them right behind me right now. <laughs> All right, we're done. We're done. I'll see you. Yeah, um, I, I just recently got into it. but So I, I was born in 88, so I grew up with the Power Rangers and stuff like that. And they have been a hot commodity here lately as Power Rangers Funko Pops. And so I've kind of been like, okay, I'm going to get in this. And so I've started collecting you know them. why all these... Like Old school vintage toys are worth crazy money these days, right? Because people like me pays crazy money for them? Well, yeah, it's our childhood when we loved life and things were fun when a year was actually a year. Yeah. And now we have money. We got jobs. Yeah. We, we might actually own a fourplex and get some rental money every week. So, every month, and, you know, or, or we're getting properties given to us from our grandparents or parents and we, that transitional wealth from the boomers to. Gen X it's enforcing. We're just doing stupid shit with our money that our parents <laughs> never, never could give us. So we're giving it to ourselves and then some. Right. Well, I mean, I grew up. I had, I think, two Power Rangers toys. I had a the white one and his head flipped over and stuff, and I had a blue one. But now I'm able to. They have like collecting series that come out with that, and I'm like, okay, I gotta have this. So yeah, you're right. I have adult money now, and so now I have adult toys. So. <laughs> Tell me about that. Me and my blazers and trucks and cars and good lord. 
Yeah. yeah we never grow up. I, and I never want to. I no. Don't. Where's the fun in that? Ain't none. Yeah. Ain't none. <laughs> you get one shot in life, so you got to make the most that you can of it. Ne- yeah. Never settle. That's always right. keep learning. Always keep educating yourself, you know, and just keep building skills that either you can use for, you know, making some money on the side, mm-hmm. a little side hustle here and there. Yeah. Or, or to save yourself money. Yeah. You know, learn how to fix that leaky faucet. Change your breaker out. Yeah. All right, man. Well, is there anything else that you would like to tell the people before I get you off of here? Crownprotickets.com. That's Crown where you Pro go to get tickets to Crown Shows. All right. And where can they follow you at on Facebook and Instagram and all that fun stuff? Uh, look for Crown, Crown Championship Wrestling. All right. And I will be posting stuff about it. What an Instagram page. No, I'm a marketing guy, but. I'm also 45 years old, so a lot of this, a lot of this stuff that you could be doing for like TikTok and well, I won't use TikTok because it's owned by Chinese. <laughs> I'm not going to skip my information. I should. There's 30 billion TikTok users out there. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll make we'll make some burner accounts. There you go. We'll make burner accounts. We'll make up names, make up social security numbers and addresses. And, yeah, yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll make a burner account. We'll see you at the Crown TikTok. I'll let you run that, Jared. <laughs> All right, sounds good to me. <laughs> I'm gonna give us a support video every week. We'll be fine. Yeah, I, I try to do. <laughs> man, I try to do the TikTok thing, and the most I get is maybe two or three hundred views on anything that I've done on there. That thing's hard to navigate. Very I, yeah. We're too old. Yeah, I think. I, I guess so. But yeah. I'll What's I'll keep it to Facebook. I mean, what's a 13 or 14 year old kid care about anything we do? I mean, yeah. I could tell you how to do your taxes. <laughs> I could tell you how to change a tire. I mean, but do I really? And also, and lip syncing. That's, yeah. that's not, that's not my generation. No. You play guitar, actually sing a song. Don't just mouth words. Exactly. Mouth words. You ain't doing nothing. You're not creating. You're no. just, you're just you're gonna lose her off someone else's off off of someone else's talent. Riding coattails. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, it's been great talking to you on here, and uh, I'm definitely gonna have to have you back on. Yep, we'll do it again for sure. It was fun. It's a good time. It was. Um, maybe the next one we'll go somewhere and do like a live one. Set the yeah. cameras up. That get sounds some, great. Get some stogies, get some beers or something. And, just, just get, just get real, real swanky with it. Love it. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for everything you do. We'll Thank you. you All right. Bye-bye. Have you ever wondered what the top 10 most streamed 90s songs are? Or what about the top 10 highest paid dead celebrities? Maybe the top 10 most common phobias. Hi there. I'm Nick, host of the Tennis Podcast. Every episode, me and my various sidekick hosts share trivia, fun facts, and hot takes as we try to guess each other's top tennis list. Here's a little preview. When he dresses up as a girl bunny, he drives Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam crazy with lust. Mr. Monopoly's actual legal name, Rich Uncle Pennybags. And it turns out people will just shock a guy to death if someone in a lab coat asks semi-nicely. Chickens outnumber humans more than two to one. It is the only R-rated film to gross a billion dollars.
with over 175 episodes and counting, there's sure to be a top 10 list that tickles your weird little fancy just right. Listen to Tennis Podcasts now on any podcast app. That's 10ISH Podcast. Hey there, friends. Interested in another podcast to listen to between episodes? Well, you're in luck. Come check out Bloody Babble's podcast. We are a gaggle of babblers who talk of true crime and other gory wonderment. New episodes are released every Tuesday, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are streamed. Happy babbling, my friends. All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Christopher Allred. Had a lot of fun talking to him. And like I said at the beginning, after we got done, we probably talked for another 45 minutes. So <laughs> it's a good time talking with him. He's a good guy. Um, so I've got some pretty cool episodes coming up over the next few weeks. I know that I told you guys that I was going to be having the Iceman, Howard Moritz, on this next week. Um, he got a hold of me and said that he's not going to be actually able to make it. So I had to change things up a little bit, and I have something that I feel is very unique that is going to be on my show, and this is a guy named Mike Whitla. He is a, how should I put this? He creates metal and rock music for children. So he has a YouTube page called Howdy Tunes, um, they get somewhere around 10 million views a day. He's had over a billion views on YouTube, and he's all the time getting new views on there. And uh, he has a new album that's going to be coming out for kids. I've actually listened to some of this music, and it's pretty cool. So I'm really excited about having this guy on to kind of talk about how he got into this. And, uh, yeah, just letting you guys hear something different you know i know that i've had a lot of wrestling on the show and i'm going to continue to have a lot of wrestling on this show but i'm trying to diversify it a little bit um and i hope that you guys enjoy what i'm bringing to you so the week after uh the mike whitla episode i will be having on mj bell he is a referee for game changer wrestling he also does refereeing out of um texas and I believe the Oklahoma area as well. I haven't had a referee on yet. I've had ring announcers. I've had commentators. I've had wrestlers. I've had owners and promoters on here, but I've never had a ref. So this is going to be a first one for me, and I'm very excited to bring him on. Um, the week following that, I have Philip Douthit. He is the men's marriage counselor. I am looking very much forward to talking to him. I think he'll bring some unique perspectives to the show. And then at the end of the month, I talked to one of them today. I talked to Johnny Lightning and confirmed that they will be in studio at the end of the month with me to record. I will have toxic masculinity that Johnny's in my garage recording with me. So I am very excited about that happening. So I've got some cool stuff coming on. I've got some stuff down the road that I'm not going to talk about yet, but you guys want to stay tuned to this because we have some really cool stuff in store on this show. Yeah, so if you guys want to follow me on any of the social medias, you can do so by following me on Facebook, and that's at IYGADAP. 
That is the acronym for If You Give a Dad a Podcast, or as I like to say, ICADAP. You can also follow me on Instagram, and that's at Give a Dad a Podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter, and that's Dad Podcast 11. Follow me on any of those. That way you can keep up with what's going on on the show. Um, if we're having anything special going on, I will be having some special episodes that will be airing that will be on different days coming up over the fall and I don't want you guys to miss out on that. If you guys want to send me a line, you can do so by sending me an email at giveadatapodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you. I love talking to my listeners. I love hearing what you guys have to say. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. And as you're listening to this episode, rate it and review it. Tell me what you think of this episode. And if you do like it, share it with your friends and share it with your family. Share it with your coworkers, even your enemies. Let everybody know about this show. Because if you give a dad a podcast, I believe is for everybody. So I'm going to bring this show to a close. I'm so thankful for everyone. I thank you for your support. And I can't wait to bring you more content. I love you guys. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I will see you next time. Bye. If you enjoyed our show, come back next week. Come on, guys. You know you want to come back. Happy Labor Day weekend, folks.